0: by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus told us to be careful of which path we chose to follow. His advice, take the narrow path. And that's what we're going to be discussing today, amen? With so many religious doctrines floating around out there right now, living on the narrow path is definitely needed to keep our feet on the right path to salvation, amen? Our guest today is the author of a great book titled, The Narrow Path. Pastor Billy Williams was raised in Los Angeles, and his story didn't start off with what most people will think is blessed. I mean, he says he was sold as a baby, amen? Amen. I mean, he suffered many disappointments over his life, rejection being one of them that he had to conquer. He's a U.S. Army veteran, and Pastor Billy Williams is now in the Army of God. Hallelujah. He's a pastor of an Hallelujah. online church called Unity Christian Fellowship in New Mexico. He also has a television program called Living the Narrow Path, and he's here today to talk about his ministry and his book living on the narrow path, and how that is especially important with all that we see happening right now in this world in which we live. Amen? Help me welcome to the program Pastor Billy Williams. Pastor, it is such a blessing to have you on the program today. I do appreciate it.
2: Oh, it's an honor, and and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. God's will be done. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Amen. The (laughs) first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words who is Billy Williams?
2: Oh, in he, 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 simple terms, I'm a disciple of Christ uh, who's gone through ups and downs over the world. He's taking me through ups and downs. And and this is where I am right now. I'm a disciple of Christ, and I'm trying to deliver his word and share his word
1: with the people. Amen. Amen. Well, I have sure, to go back sure to the beginning. Have to. <laughs> I, I have to go back to the beginning. Now, uh, you say you were sold as a baby. Can you explain you that to said. us?
2: Okay, yes sir, yes sir. Um well, uh I my my parents, my biological parents had me uh for a year and a half and decided uh that they could no longer take care of me. I, uh that that was that's what was told. And so in, instead of doing a legal adoption, which I thought had happened, everyone was telling me as I was growing up that I had been legally adopted. Uh through the research of of, uh, of my investigator, we found out no, you were never adopted. You were sold as a child. So I was sold at uh, one and a half years old for ten thousand dollars. Mm. I was, and yeah, and the exchange was done in a in a motel room in Las Vegas, and then my family relocated me to Los Angeles, California, where I was raised. Yeah, so Amen. it was a very uh, <laughs> very uh sketchy beginning for me.
1: Yeah, I bet. How was your family life then as you were growing up? Oh, but praise God. No, the the lady who raised me and the
2: father who paid for me took very good care of me. I never wanted for anything. She she raised me in the church. My father taught me the the love of God and how to respect people. And and my mom, uh, she kept me in church. Oh, I was in church three, four times a week. Uh, Bible study, uh, youth choir, uh, acolyte, usher board. Uh, <laughs> she she told me she was preparing me for the ministry. She <laughs> she said it since I was four, since I can remember. She God told her to prepare me for
1: the ministry, so that's amen. what she
2: was doing.
1: Amen, amen. That's awesome. You know, I was first. A lot of bad for correction too. <laughs> <laughs> amen. I was the firstborn in our, our family, firstborn male. And, uh, you know, when I oh, went in the ministry, I came across that scripture, you know, firstborn male is set aside for the ministry. I said, yeah, okay, I guess so.
2: Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: So, and so, I was her first son.
2: So amen. even though I was sold, even though she bought me, I was still her son. Hey, like, she paid for me. That's what I tell people. I was hers. She paid hey. for me. Amen, amen. So, when were you in the army? Uh, Eighty-seven through uh, ninety-four. I was, I was in the in the army. There went went overseas. I was in Korea. Uh, I went to Japan for a little bit. I was uh, all over. Uh, did did some special special assignments. Uh, I actually loved the military. If so I wouldn't have got hurt in Panama, out <laughs> of stayed In
1: were you down in Panama for the invasion? I, read. Yes, sir. I, mid, was, I, I was, yes, sir. I was one of the first ones on there to help support
2: the 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 80, I think it was eighty second Airborne. that jumped in yep.
1: and went mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We had. <laughs> I was in the cavalry at that time, getting ready to out process, and I was at Fort Polk, Louisiana. Fort Polk was the QRF basically for Panama, and uh, okay. As I'm getting ready to out process, a call came in from division said so i was in the s3 shop my position was s3 air 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 ground coordination and i said we need an s3 air or the cavalry's s3 air to go to panama for this invasion that was about to take place right and that was my position you know and i said just extend me i'll go you know type thing and they said I'll "No, go. no." so my replacement got to go on my place you know and uh yeah, that was that was kind of disappointing because you know after training for twelve years for that stuff, you know you you know you finally want to find
2: if,
1: if if yeah, I've, yeah had been want- on even six months longer, I would have been down there, you know. But, uh, but I had a good yeah. friend of mine that that uh, he was uh, he was a ranger, uh, and they had just gotten back from training or something like. T- Two months of NTC or six weeks of NTC, something like that. He said they had cleaned yeah. all their weapons, put them in there, and they're just home having a barbecue, and their little beeper thing went off. So, oh man, somebody probably lost a weapon or something. We got to go back in. No, they put them on a plane, sent them down to Georgia, and from there went down. He, he was telling me later, he said, when he jumped out of that airplane at 300 feet, you know, he said, yeah. You just see this ground coming up at you all of a sudden shoot grabs you. He said, but it the it said he'd never forget the 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 sight because it was so beautiful as he was Oh it's beautiful yeah. there. Oh my gosh. So yeah. beautiful. But you see the tracer rounds over. <laughs> 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 so yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Right.
2: right. So. But no, I love Panama. It was very beautiful. The sun sets, the mornings were beautiful. And and you could catch blue crabs. I don't know if you ever heard
1: that, but we oh, would, yeah. we would catch blue
2: crabs throughout the day and, and, wow. and boil them at
1: night <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, what did you do after military service?
2: Oh well, I I I was uh in a wheelchair for thirteen years, uh 13 after the years. surgery. What happened? Yes, sir. What was I, the injury? I, I got hurt I got hurt in Panama. Uh I don't like to really discuss it too much, but I got hurt up in the lower area yeah. and I uh, had to have uh, several surgeries that uh, didn't go well. And yeah. because of those surgeries, nerves were damaged and I was permanently in the wheelchair. They actually told my wife I'd never walk again, mm. uh, but they didn't know my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> And they told, they, they, the doctor told my wife, he said, Hey, you guys have a wonderful relationship. You're dealing with the wheelchair really well. And oh, you guys are so cute together. And, and so you guys will be able to understand. And, you know, he'll probably never, ever walk again. And, and so, but you guys will be okay because you guys are strong and have faith and, and all that. And then next, you know, and it was really amazing because I have to tell this part. Uh, Before my wife married me, I was in the wheelchair, Mm. and God told her that her husband, she saw a vision of her husband standing up behind her while he was doing the dishes, and she's like, well, if I'm supposed to marry this guy in the wheelchair, how is this the guy that I see as my husband? And God said, he's your husband, marry him. And so she married me in the wheelchair, not even realizing that I was going to be healed. And one day grabbed her behind her neck and hug her from behind my shoes. And when that happened, it actually happened. And the vision came true because I was no longer in the wheelchair. God healed me and I was out of the wheelchair and I went up and hugged her. And she just ball started crying that's awesome,
1: awesome. At what point did you get yes. married uh, uh, then, was it how many years after after you got out
2: uh oh, it was many years uh yes. I, I had a few um marriages that didn't work uh mm-hmm. prior to that. I got out in 90, 94 mm-hmm. um and we didn't my the honey that I'm with now, we've been married 12 years and we got married in 2012.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise God.
2: Yes, Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Oh, it's been wonderful. Amen.
1: Amen. So when did yes. you come to the Lord as far as your calling on in your life? Well, see, I I, I understood the calling of the Lord early.
2: I, I must have been five years old because I asked at church, I I walked up without my mother knowing or anything and I walked up to the pastor and I said, I need to be baptized. I believe I was five years old. And he was like, are you sure you know what you're saying to me? I said, yes. Jesus says I need to be baptized. I was going to be baptized. And so he talked with my mother and then he brought me in his office and he talked to me again. And I don't know, I guess he was trying to make sure I knew what I was talking about at five. And I was like, yeah, he told me I had to be baptized, so I'm, I need to be baptized. <laughs> and I just, the, the story. And he, he ended up baptizing me. So I, I would say at five years old, I realized that I was on a mission. Amen. However, through growing up, I, I got distorted. My mission was distorted based on all the different, you mentioned it earlier, all the different doctrines. Mm-hmm. And so I'm following this particular doctrine because that's what I'm being taught but my spirit is not okay with it. And so I fought with this up until my 30s, like maybe 36. Mm-hmm. And I asked God, I said, well, what's going on here, God? I don't, you said I'm supposed to be following you, but this is happening to me. This is happening to me. I'm in this wheelchair. I'm, you know, I'm yelling at God. And I'm not talking to him. I've been following you all my life. And he goes, he, I, clear as day, he says, no, you haven't been following me. You've been following me. Mm. You've been following other people. He said, follow me, and yeah. I'll deliver you. And so at that point, is when I really started, I cut everybody out, and I got into his word. And then that, that's when I would say yeah, that man, I really man. got a relationship with God. So in my 30s, 30, yeah. 36. But I've always been in church hey, all my life, all, hey, all my life. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. But the
2: relationship started around 36, 37.
1: Yeah, amen and how did he call you into the ministry? Do you remember?
2: Uh well, yeah, I mean, it was early on as well because I was ordained prior to the event in, when I turned 36, oh, okay. I was ordained earlier. Yeah. I was ordained, uh, 2002 through the, through the organization I'm no longer with. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, and so, I, and, and I, I, did that in the wheelchair. So I, Guy, yeah. you know, I went through school and everything in the wheelchair.
1: Okay. Um yeah. <laughs> so hey, Amen. Yeah, my yeah. my lifestyle, I was in the military not born again. All right. <clears throat> and uh, uh, I was, you know, you you were in, so you know the typical soldiers lifestyle, we'll put it like that. Of right? course. And of that course. was me. Yeah, you know, That was me. And uh then when I got out
2: that was me too, Pastor. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I was that yeah. same person, but I was told yeah. because oh, of yeah. the blood of Christ that I, I could still be that way, yeah. and that's oh, where yeah. I was fighting. Yeah. My body was fighting that understanding.
1: Well, sorry, I, I had, you know, the business that I explained you know, before uh, we we started the recording was failing rapidly, and uh, you know I was actually contemplating suicide, and. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. my wife f- was forcing me to read the Bible, you know, and in uh, the front of my grandfather's Bible was three different ways you read the Bible through in a year, and w- I was in Georgia at the time trying to sell insurance, you know, and it wasn't it, I was failing miserably there too, and uh, got Ray, you know, and she was calling me saying they didn't have any money, they were going to foreclose the house, and. Electric was going to be turned off and they didn't have any food and all that. And I, I just decided, you know what? I kept my insurance policy paid up for this reason. So that was the plan, right? It was January 25th, 1992, hung up with her about 1115. And I was just crying. And I said, Lord, if you're real, you got to fix this because if not, I will, I'll fix it right now. You know? And I got ready to lay down. I, I loved my kids, so I was going to call them the next morning before they went to school, tell them how much I loved them, and then that was going to be it. And uh, as I lay down on the floor, the streetlight was shining through the Venetian blinds and landed on the Bible. I said, oh, I forgot to read my scripture tonight. And I said, if I'm going to meet God in the morning, I guess i at least tell him I was reading his Bible before I came. And the scripture <laughs> wow. I was supposed to read was Psalms 34, and Psalms 34 got down to verse seven, and it said, "The Lord has heard this poor man cry, and shall deliver him from all his troubles." And um, Immediately, I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, just like warm oil pulling. Around. And I started laughing and crying and speaking in tongues the whole nine yards. Right? Hallelujah! <laughs> and my Hallelujah. wife had been Hallelujah. praying for that for four years. You know, so I knew Hallelujah. what had just happened, as I, I got to tell my wife. Wow. And uh, she was crying. I said, "I'm coming home. I'm gonna be just as broke at home with you guys as I can here by myself." You know, and well, that last week, last five days before I came home, I sold enough insurance to pay the bills in Georgia and start catching up the bills in Louisiana where we lived at the time. And uh, so that was my born again experience. Three years later, 1995, we're reading our Bibles. And, sitting out on the porch, having our morning coffee and devotionals and stuff, and I'm reading Ezekiel chapter 2 and chapter 3, and that was the calling Ooh, into the ministry. I said, so I'm calling you yes, to the people yes. of your own language. I'm not saying to a people of a hard speech or language you don't understand, So I sent you to them, they'd listen, but I'm sending you to the people of your own nation, because they don't want to listen.
2: But oh, they won't listen. don't
1: worry about what they say. Don't worry about how they look at you. Because I've made your head harder than their heads, right? And I've always been called a hard head. So this made complete sense to me. And that was the calling into the ministry. And uh, Hallelujah. That's what that's how I got involved in it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so, well,
2: my first so, sermon was like I, I believe I was 10. I mean, he called me early. Mm, but amen. with the like I said, with the confusion of the of the teaching is almost like he quieted. Kind of quieted me for for a little period to mm-hmm. re to reteach me, I, you know, to give yeah. me that the Holy Spirit teach me as as First John chapter two talks about the Holy Spirit will bring it to our remembrance. The Holy Spirit will teach mm-hmm. us uh, uh, what He wants us to remember, and so that so I, I don't know, I, I think I, that was my real calling. i want to say yeah. when I got older. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was. 38 at the time? Something like that. Yeah, so Right yeah, there with you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Amen. amen. Right around that age. Yes, sir. Yep.
1: Amen. Why did you write this book, Living on the Narrow Path, and why now?
2: In a nutshell, so many people were telling me I was crazy. That's it in a nutshell. My own son, my own family was rejecting what I was showing them in the Word and saying that, no, but all these other people are teaching that we have this love and this grace of God that allows us to continue the way we want to be, and we'll still get in. And so when I kept hearing that, and then when my son just told me straight up I I was lost, I, I took some time and I really meditated with God because I wanted to know if I was really lost. Because when your son and your family is telling you these things, you you want to make you you want to make sure you're not really crazy. You want to make sure. So I really got into His Word. I mean, hours, yeah. hours of study, way much. So then I started understanding. No, okay, I'm putting the Word. I'm seeing these repetitions. God re- repeats itself over oh, yeah. and over again. So I started seeing things repeatedly over and over again about being righteous and upright and godly and just and holy, all these things that we can't do by ourselves Amen. however Amen. with Christ we can't and so if, this, is, this is I think the link that people are understanding if you're claiming to be with Christ then you can really do all things this Christmas. so you Amen. really can live holy you really can live like this you really can just not on your own you need right. the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit so he, he made, after my studies, he said, now you need to share this. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor Bob. I, I was fine. I, I mean, I have a nice little piece of property in the, in, in the country, and I could just live there and enjoy my fruit trees and enjoy my family and just keep this all to myself and just live a peaceful, happy life. But no, God said you Amen. need to share this. This is yeah. the point. There's more people on the wide road that need to come over to the narrow. And unless they know it, they're going to stay on that wide road. So I'm ordering you. It was almost like an order. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Amen.
2: Amen. Didn't I heal you? I heard, didn't I heal you? Didn't I I change you? You know, I started hearing these things. I'm getting chill, sorry. Yeah, amen. to, so I had to write this book to share and tell people there is a narrow path. And God wants us to live on this narrow path. And so is I, I, more than 132 verses that Amen. show, um, I mean, intense study, Pastor. God, the Holy Spirit just, just, I'm talking about hours and hours of putting things in order and showing people the word of God, not much of my dialogue at all. I just shared some dialogue so people know I was human. And yeah. so they would know that I'm living, <laughs> and that I'm living through what I'm sharing. I'm living through this. And so you got to understand, I I'm not just telling you something. I'm telling you what I'm actually going through. Yeah, and so the, the, the main purpose of the book—I know I'm rambling, but I'm excited. The main purpose of the book is to let people know
1: that there's a narrow path, yeah.
2: and you, and and we we need to choose it. Amen. And that's the point of the that's the point of the book.
1: Amen. I remember when uh, I was in the same atmosphere of you know this intense Bible study, and uh, and I kept seeing the same sayings over and over again, where Jesus say, yeah. "Again, I say unto you." In other words, again. you're still not getting it.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean,
1: he had to tell his own disciples, "Look, I said it before. Yeah. I'm going to say it again." You know. How are you, you to understand? That understand, this. understand <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I learned during that time when you see it more than once, there's a reason that's being emphasized, you know.
2: There's a reason, yes sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen.
1: How and why did you get started in media ministry?
2: Okay, so so because the most of the people around me. Just like Jesus was being rejected, so the message is being rejected. So if y'all ain't gonna hear me, God told me to tell somebody. So I'm gonna go. I so we we decided we we're gonna put it on the air. We decided we we're gonna put it on TV and 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 let God, whoever He sends to watch it, He'll send the right He'll because the God the Spirit will move the person to watch it. I've heard it like maybe more than three times where. Where where God had told somebody, "Hey, turn this on right now and watch this right now," and it was it was our program, "Living on the Narrow Path." So it, it, I was just obeying God. I was I was I wasn't getting the support from the the human beings that were in my circle, and so the the, the message still had to go out, and yep. so we chose to go with the local TV stations here in in Albuquerque.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, it, you know I, I'm right there with you because you know we, you know. We moved to Baltimore, you know as part of a good church in Texas when we moved to Baltimore, we couldn't find one that believed the same way you know and uh, and so you know hey, I'm ordained let's so open our own church, you know, and I soon found I wasn't really called to be a pastor you know people have this preconceived notion that oh, you're in the ministry, so you have to be a pastor of a church. you have to have your own church type yeah. thing, right? and uh, uh and we did that uh, for two years, and I got promoted at my job as a police officer, and and transferred to detachment, and you know, as a new responsibilities and everything. Where, you know, I felt I couldn't fulfill my obligation, my pastoral obligation, the way it needed to be. So we mer- <laughs> we moved into or merged our church with, and I, I mean, we started with six people, and we grew it to twenty two, uh in a period of about eighteen months, but we merged with a friend of mine's church just down the street and you know, I became a chaplain for our department. So I was still in the ministry while all that stuff was going on. I was his assistant pastor and, you know, when I wasn't working and stuff like that, but uh, I realized pastoring a church just isn't for me, you know? And, and, I'm cause I was called as an evangelist. That was my calling. You know, I enjoy, you know, hitting them, hitting them hard and leaving town. You know, so you know, let the pastor it up, you know. I just come in with the truth. This is the truth. If you're not doing it, it's not between you and me. It's between you and God. See ya. You're you God. Yes. and God. Yeah. And uh, so, it, before we start the recording, you heard about the calling I had in in uh, you know into the me- the media ministry. Start your own thirty minute online radio program, and that launched us. And the and it was basically for the same thing because. It's like, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Yeah. You want me to open a church again? You want me to do this? And, and this is the direction he pointed me. And it, it was basically for the same reasons that there is more people that need to hear this, and you're not going to be able to reach them on a corner in the city. That's right. You know, yes, sir. And uh, yes, and sir. We explained about how the rapid growth of the radio station and all this stuff and, and how that all happened. So, you know, and I've had some major, major ministries that, you know, I've met personally to get permission to broadcast their stuff on the radio station. And uh, I had them, I had several of them almost verbatim, with uh, three or four of them. It was almost an exact quote. So that told me it was coming from the Holy Spirit, just confirming what we were doing, where he said, you are impacting so many people that you'll never even meet until you get to heaven. That you won't even meet. Yes, sir. Until you Hallelujah. Get to heaven, you know? And I've, been, and, and I've been that, told that too as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. That, that went back to where I was studying before about if he says it more than once, it must be important. You know, again, might, I say unto you, you're impacting so many people <laughs> that you will not even know about this side of heaven. You know, and, uh, and, and I want to share that with you as well because you never know. Thank you. Who's going to be never know. watching or listening? You know, that's uh, correct. Evan, of, that's I, correct. Mike Pence, when he was a congressman, I was at a Kenneth Copeland convention and he was a uh, guest speaker there. And, uh, I got a contact Uh of mine. Oh,
2: there you go. There you go. I
1: A a contact of mine was part of his ministry before. So I got to go backstage with, you know, the, the ministry folks and stuff. Mike Pence was back there and I was talking to him and, uh, I asked him a question. I said, you know, we keep seeing stuff about, you know, write your congressman or call your congressman stuff like that. Does that stuff really impact you? You know, he goes, oh, absolutely. He says, the statistics have proven out that for every letter we receive, there's 5,000 more people in our district that feel the same way, you know? And he says, so if we get a letter, you know, if we get a 1,000 letters, that means this is a really important topic in my district, you know? And uh, so that same thing transfers over into our media ministry, because for every one person that you, you know, someone says, hey, that was a great sermon. There's at least 5,000 people, maybe more that have watched it and think the same way, but just one left a comment on Facebook or whatever the case may be for you. You know, hallelujah. So, that's so right. That, so that, that is important as well. So even though, and that's yeah. why sometimes you know I, I don't hear anything for months. And I'm preaching my heart out. But there'll be <laughs> someone who leaves a comment, you know, great sermon.
2: Yeah.
1: You you know? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. And that makes it it, right brother. <laughs> yeah. So I, okay. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by the word of God and by you know, he tells me God. to share.
2: Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Amen. So Hallelujah. And one more point I'd like to make,
2: Pastor. Another thing about the, the media ministry is that people need to understand and, and really grasp a hold of this, that they are the church. Yeah, Their body, exactly. they are, they are yeah. the holy temple of God. So yeah. where they go, they take the church with them. So you yeah. can be in church all day, every day, and that's something that we really want other people to really take hold
1: to. Uh, yeah, it's not a particular day,
2: you are the church living exactly that right. goodness every yeah. single day. Hallelujah!
1: Yep. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. Well, at time for today's portion of this great interview with Pastor Billy Williams, and he's the author of this great book, Living on the Narrow Path. This book is written for those who may not have had the blessed life that most people think of when you use that term, but it does show that you can walk the narrow path to achieve your destiny and your God-given goals despite obstacles that the devil throws at you. As you heard, Pastor Billy did not start out living what most would call a blessed life. But God, amen, but God. And now, not only is he blessed, not only is he blessing others through his ministry, but he's blessing you. Through this book Praise God Drop down the show notes Get in touch with Pastor Billy Be sure to order this book Living on the Narrow Path Right now Amen And be sure to come back For the very next episode Because we're only Halfway through this interview Hallelujah This turned out to be A great two part interview And you do not want to miss One minute of it Glory to God Till next time It's Pastor Bob you: Be blessed in all that we do